Welcome to the Bioinnovation Spotlight at Life Science Org. I'm your host, Dr. David Kirk, and I talk to the people behind early stage translational life science across Europe whose innovative research today may be the blockbusters and game changing technologies of tomorrow. This podcast is produced for Life Science Org, a community where European life science CEOs, founders, and investors can connect, share, and engage with one another. Life Science Org community members get exclusive early access to these episodes, as well as a network of their peers, regular expert insights, and sessions with leaders in life science, as well as useful resources for life science executives. Join the conversation at www.lifescienceorg.com. I'm joined this week by Dr. David Ortega, founder of Phase Biolabs, an early stage biotech company based in Bristol in the UK that aims to turn waste carbon into value products using the power of biology. David, thank you for joining me in the Bioinnovation Spotlight. Please tell me a little bit about your background and why you founded Phase Biolabs. That first thing, David, uh, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Uh, so I have a background in biochemistry and I was suggested to me by a professor back in the day that if I wanted to get into medicine, I should study biochemistry. And so that's what I did because when I was younger, I wanted to, to be a surgeon and, and work in medicine. That didn't work out because I'm not that great. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that great at class. Uh, but anyways, um, I did get an undergrad in biochemistry and then uh, I started working in industry. Uh, I worked at a CRO, contract research organization, and we were doing um, bioanalysis of tissue and blood samples for clinical trials uh, for monoclonal antibodies. And I learned a lot there, uh, but I realized that pharma wasn't for me. And so I also realized, though, that if I wanted to do something in biotech, I needed to get more education. So while I was there, I started looking for PhDs, and I was fortunate enough to find a position at the Synthetic Biology Research Center at the University of Nottingham that were focused on industrial applications of biotechnology. So I completed a PhD there uh, in their Symbio group, and I was engineering microorganisms to convert various different inputs, some of them sugars, some of them waste streams, into renewable fuels and chemicals. And we were tinkering with the metabolism of the microorganisms to improve their performance. And that's kind of where I, I got my technical training, so to speak. After my PhD, I always knew I wanted to start a company. And the, the, the real question was, you know, how do you make the jump from academia into an entrepreneurial setting or into business? And I was really lucky. Um, I would say a lot of my story is based upon right place, right time. Uh, <laughs> I've been very lucky. Um, so as I was finishing my PhD, there was a position at the University of Bristol. They have a program there or a center called QTech. And QTech is, stands for Quantum Technology Enterprise Center. And they were all about helping technical founders start deep tech companies. And why I was lucky was because two positions uh, that were funded by Bristol Synbio, another Synbio research center in the UK, they funded two positions in the biosciences. And I was fortunate to get one of those positions. And what QTech offered was a 12-month fellowship that was all about mentorship, training, basically all of the basic skills that you need to kind of start a company. So I was really lucky that I had that coaching um, and a one-year salary. I must say that that was critical. Uh, it's very hard to start a business without, without a salary. Uh, so I was able to make that jump and get that training because of 
uh, basically uh, excellent programs that were available in the UK. I guess the, the key thing for FaZe is that I've maintained a good relationship with the labs at the SBRC who operate a really good model. The University of Nottingham operates this really unique model that allows in-in companies. So this means external companies who have aligned interests can come in and rent lab facilities. And this enables us to do initial groundwork for a reasonable cost and it basically enables us to get off the ground. We can use them as a stepping stone to get established because if we had to build our own labs, et cetera, et cetera, it would just be too, it would be cost prohibitive. Uh, so we've been able to use these amazing groups uh, and centers in the UK to, to help get established. Tell me more about the big unmet need and the challenge that inspired uh, Phase Biolabs. CO2 is an environmental problem, of course, um, in these last decade or so, last few years, I think it's become much more mainstream, which is fantastic. But our industries, existing industries, are very CO2 heavy. They're generating large volumes of CO2, and this is part of the problem. We, I think we need to be realistic as to how we can transition to uh, a low carbon economy, a circular economy. You know, that's not going to happen overnight. We do need to be ambitious, absolutely. But we also need to be realistic. And what does that mean? It means that we're not going to tear everything down. It means that over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years even, there's going to be a transition where we need to phase out existing processes. So how we do that is first, we need to obviously reduce CO2 as much as possible, as fast as possible. So using technologies that can capture carbon or recycle carbon becomes a means of reducing those emissions in the near term as we transition and phase out these old, old technologies that generate lots of CO2. And so when we get to net zero, obviously our industries will look very different. Our economies are going to look very different. But between now and then, there's going to be a transition phase. And we're trying to address that unmet need of being able to capture and recycle CO2 into higher value products. So tell me a little bit then how your solution works and uh, how your, I guess, your technology, your approach to this, because carbon carbon capture seems to be only half of it. And then you're converting it, you're valorizing it into higher value chemicals. Yeah, so we're using the power of biology. Uh, biology is very, very good at difficult chemical reactions and carbon fixation is one of those. Chemical catalysts and other types of catalysts um, aren't as good. They're not as precise or elegant as biology. Your audience will know the, the elegance of an enzymes and how powerful they can be. Uh, how precise they can be. And so biology is really good at being able to convert CO2 into longer chain compounds, which is uh, known as carbon fixation. So what we do is we harness the power of biology in a process called gas fermentation. Plants are very well known to be the most widely spread carbon fixation organisms in, in, in nature, but there are also microbes that are able to carry out carbon fixation. And actually some microbes are much more efficient at carbon fixation and plants. Plants use the CBB cycle using Rubisco. There's the microbes we use, uh, use a different pathway called the Woodlong Dolly pathway. This pathway is six times more efficient than the Rubisco pathway used by most plants. So by harnessing the, the power of these microbes, we can capture and fix CO2 in this gas fermentation process. Gas fermentation is, is very similar to the, the industrial brewing process. The difference being the microbes we use, a different type of microbe, we don't use yeast, and we ferment uh, CO2. So the, what that means is the microorganisms feed on the CO2, and as they feed on it, they grow and convert it into chemicals. 
uh, using hydrogen as an energy source. What are these high value products that you're targeting, these uh, longer chain uh, carbon products? So the microorganisms that we're working with naturally produce things like acetate, ethanol, um, and some other compounds like lactic acid. Uh, but we can engineer them to produce all different types of compounds. It doesn't need to be hydrocarbon alcohols or aldehydes or, or acids. You know, we can make other different types of chiral molecules. You can make proteins. You can make more interesting compounds like isoprenoids and terpenes. Basically, any biosynthetic pathway that can be introduced to yeast or E. coli or a typical uh, SynBio workhorse, we can introduce them into our organisms. And so, in theory, you can produce any biological compound directly from CO2 and hydrogen. And how is your approach different to what is already out there? And why do you believe that this is the best approach? So in the gas fermentation space, there are companies that are using microbes to convert CO2 and hydrogen into a variety of products. What we're focused on, though, is the production of organic compounds. What makes our approach different is existing companies focus on a feedstock called Syngas. And Syngas is a composition of carbon monoxide, or CO, and hydrogen gas, and sometimes a little bit of CO2. When you use syngas, the disadvantage is that you don't actually capture all of the carbon. You generate CO2 as a byproduct. We think there's a lot of value, uh, and there's a huge opportunity on being able to convert CO2 directly, and these companies can't do that. So the process is very similar, but the input is different. And so by using CO2 and hydrogen instead of syngas, we can achieve complete conversion, complete capture, and close to 100% yield. That sounds very ambitious. Where do you hope to be in about 12 months' time with FaZe? So what we're doing right now is introducing enhancements into these microorganisms. So we don't use wild-type or naturally occurring ones. We take them, we engineer them, we introduce enhancements through genetic modifications. So right now, we've done these experiments in the lab at small scale. And so within 12 months, what we're really going to focus on is scaling up these modified microorganisms that we're working with, um, these gas fermenting microbes. We're going to scale them up to uh, small scale, one liter and two liter bioreactors. And the idea there is that we can generate some of the data that we need to design and build our MVP. Our MVP is basically a containerized version of our process, of this gas fermentation process. And our customers are these large scale industrial companies that operate complex uh, processes at a very large scale. So we need, a, we need a way to take our process to them, connect to their CO2 emissions, and validate that our technology works in an industrial setting. And start to generate that, those good numbers that, they'll, that they're interested in, you know, selectivity, yield, and that type of thing. In 12 months, we'll be scaling up to small-scale bioreactors on the way to building our MVP, hopefully, which we'll achieve in about two years. Wonderful. Thank you for joining me in the Bioinnovation Spotlight, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you for the invitation, David. I really appreciate it. It's been great. If you are an early-stage life science company or translational project ready to spin out and you're based in Europe, you can get on the show by going to lifescienceorg.com forward slash bioinnovation. Talk to you soon.